Hi, good morning. This is the Bitcoin Morning Brief. We're here with Jimmy and Tone. It seems like we're all in different places and Russia just scored again. But my TV's inside. It looks like Jimmy maybe in a cafe. What just happened? Just quick recap. Yeah, uh, well, Russia just scored. But th- thanks for joining us on your wedding day, Leah. It's, Yo. uh, it's great for you to, uh, you know, come and be on the show, um, you know, like in the middle of your wedding. That's amazing. Now, oh, uh, my God. <laughs> we just spread the biggest fun that's going to go around. Hey, hey, hey what do you think about marriage, huh? What do you think about marriage, huh? What am I? What am I missing? Because I'm not in the same location as Leah. <laughs> <laughs> nice, but, nice. Uh, anyway, I I am in Brazil and uh, I'm at the Mercado Bitcoin offices. I don't I don't know if you guys can see, but they gave me some swag. Uh, the the best thing that they gave me was a Brazil jersey with my name on the back. So. Now I am forced to cheer for Brazil should Korea get knocked out, which I imagine will be right after the group stages or possibly even the second game. So anyway, uh, I'm happy to be here. Mercado people are awesome. Uh, And, you know, if you guys ever get a chance to come to Sao Paulo, it's it's a thriving Bitcoin community. I spoke at their meetup last night. It was really fun. Lots and lots of people. I think it was like 120 people came out. Uh, It was really fun. Uh, I did my anti-fragility talk. So, yeah, despite my not having gotten much sleep and having had all sorts of travel delays, I can totally say it was worth it. You guys should totally come. Anyway, yeah, that's my my little spiel there. That's awesome. We're both going to be rooting for Brazil. Sounds like fun. Tone, what's going on? Where, Where are you, man? Um, well, and it's not I, my wedding day, guys. <laughs> okay, we gotta, you know what, we have to jump into the show. I'm at some mall. I, I had problems checking into my Airbnb. I'm running on battery power. So Let's unless we want this, this to cut out the way my morning show got cut out, uh, like we, uh, well, let's just do it. Right. Grumpy tone, grumpy tone. Yeah, I'm, I'm in, I'm, I'm in London, by the way. Everything, everything kind of went wrong this entire day between my flight delay, my Airbnb delay, uh, Internet service not working well. Things going wrong in London. Who would have thought? You know, <laughs> it's not like it rains there every day. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. The one day where I wanted it to rain so that it would be cloudy and I wouldn't have sun shining on me right now is also the opposite of what I wanted. You don't want sun. Okay. Somebody give okay. Tone a virtual hug. I think he could use one. Somebody not send him. All right. Send him a nice not, hug. Not, not when I'm trying to look at a screen that I can't see and I can't turn on brightness because of battery power. Okay, and we're talking about US and Ripple. So with a grumpy tone, this is um, a lot of fun. Okay, we're, we're going on. I'm also can't not engaged. Wait to see. Yeah, all right. Let, 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 can't wait until we see what tone says about this stuff. Oh my God. <clears throat> all right, so banks unlikely, <clears throat> sorry. To process payments with distributed ledgers for now, says Ripple. Uh, really simply put, it seems as if Ripple Tech is not working. Tone. Yes. Yes. So, I mean, this is the, I mean, I want to say this is vindication of everything uh, me and many others like Jimmy and uh, anyone that's associated with me has been saying for three plus years but the stupid of the ripple people are not gonna 
get it. Like they still don't get it. They bought this piece of trash and they have to continue to do and say everything in their power to make it, you know, go up in value. It is 100% the security. Um, Nathaniel Popper sent a very popular tweet today saying, what the hell? Even he's saying this is bullshit. They were uh, the CEO of Ripple uh, and other C-level managers were talking all kind of garbage uh, as recently as six months ago about how the banks are going to use Ripple. And now they're talking the, 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 the scam coin. And now they're talking about how the banks are not going to use Ripple, the scam coin. Uh, I mean, um, I, 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 the, the Ripple, the, the, the Ripple uh, top management uh, is one of those exceptions where I would be happy if they got arrested and went to prison for their illegal security and never to be allowed to be involved in the crypto space with anything, not even advisors, uh, anything. Uh, there, it's, this is like, I, I, I think there, anyone involved with the Ripple token is a borderline security fraud criminal. Uh, it's, it's really, really bad. And the, the best thing that can happen is for the Ripple token to actually go to zero or for the SEC to force it to go to zero. And, and any fool that is holding the Ripple token loses again. And I'm going to repeat myself, all of their money and their family's money because they need to be taught a lesson of what happens when you buy things that people that actually know what they're talking about tell you that you buy it into a scam and you don't listen to them. It's the only way you will learn and perhaps save future people from making the same dumbass mistakes. So this is what happens when you get a grumpy tone and rip on the same day. All right. Well, we have a tech story and Jimmy as well. So this is specifically also about the tech, right? And um, they're talking about it specifically because of scalability and privacy issues. And later it says that specifically Ripple's chief cryptographer. So that's David Schwartz said, quote, I will concede we just haven't gotten there yet. So Jimmy, you know, can you demystify what you thought about this story and specifically what their tech issues are that they're having? Yeah, so the first thing to know about this story is that it's not about XRP at all. They uh, Ripple, the company, abandoned XRP two or three years ago, and, uh, they, and they've been pursuing other technologies to become the payment rail for banks. Uh, and they have like seven different tokens, lots of different tech. They've been trying everything under the sun to get into the banks, and they can't. And uh, and this is this is a story sort of showing that uh, that to be the case. Uh, they they've been trying very hard to do this, and really, banks. I mean, I I it, as hard as it is for uh, for you to believe, I'm I'm a, I'm actually kind of sympathetic to Ripple because it's really hard to sell to banks. They're very hard to convince. They're very. Uh, conservative in that regard, but I don't blame the banks either because there's no actual proof that uh, Ripple can do what it says it's going to do. I think what Ripple should do is use their billions of reserves to bribe these banks to, uh, to basically use their stuff for free. So I think they should pay each bank like $20, $20 million a year to use their thing as a payment rail. Jimmy, I'm hearing rumors that that's actually what they're doing. This was this is the Factum model. They're not even new to this. Like Factum would pay companies to take their data and uh, what do you call it? 
uh, notarize it in the Factum database, and then Factum yeah. would publicly claim how those companies who they're paying uh, to just back up their data are are Factum's clients, when in fact it's the other way around. Uh, yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah. So, so th this is not new to the crypto space. Yeah. And that this might happen, right? Like, I, yeah. I think that's the only way that it, it, it makes any sense for a bank to do it is, uh, all right, uh, our profits are a hundred million this year. They're going to match the profits for this year by giving us ripple. Uh, so yeah, let's put out a press release and make, uh, make some of our, and they don't even have to like bribe the actual bank. They could just bribe the CEO, whatever. So many ways in which this can play out when you have, uh, uh, you know, when you can print your own money. Right. And it's interesting, right? They, it's X current, right? And so they utilize, I believe, Jimmy, you know more than me, but the interledger protocol, which is supposed to make it faster and more dependable than its counterparts, right? But it eliminates, if I understand correctly, a number of the counterparties in the cross-border transactions. And so there's like specifically issues with that aspect of, the DLT, um, and then they're trying to build apps, and it just seems like they're trying to do a bunch of things. Maybe because well, I, a lot isn't working. I mean, well, to be clear, cross-border payments are a giant shit show for any sort of bank-to-bank uh, -bank transfer. Oftentimes, you don't know how much you're going to get charged because there's like 17 different players in between that are each taking a cut, and you don't know how it's going to get routed and all that stuff. And and to be fair, that, that is a real problem that a lot of companies are trying to solve. Um, and I, I imagine that's what Ripple tells their employees about what it is that they're solving. Uh, hey, you, you're, you're now able to do something that will help, uh, you know, like make this inefficient system a lot more efficient. But that said, uh, you know, they, they require some use of a useless token. They require all, all this other stuff that doesn't really make sense. It's completely centralized. It's not really uh, a blockchain in any sense of the word. Uh, but I don't know. I, I, I guess it's, it's possible for something to come out of it. I'm, I'm open to changing my mind. But you know what? Like all the people on Twitter, the, the XRP trolls that, that are on there, most of them will just say this is good news for Ripple, no matter what the news is anyway. So, uh, and they're financially incentivized to just say good things about Ripple, no matter what the news is. Well, let, let, me, let me just throw in one final word in before we move on. I know I'm the one that wanted to uh, go through this quickly. Uh, like Jimmy is even more critical than me about the task of Ripple, the, the, the task of Ripple doing something for the banks. I don't even go there. Like, I, I am the I'm supposed to be like the bank finance guy on the show, and I have no idea whether Ripple can or can't help the banks with their database. My problem with Ripple, like, like when it comes to talking about R3, uh, obviously I was critical yes. that R3 was actually going to be useful for the banks. But when it comes to Ripple, like, I'm not even going to look into the the concept of ripple helping the banks because i'm too focused on the scam token that they created out of thin air for a hundred billion that is totally useless for whatever it is they're doing with the banks like like i don't even get to that point like uh i i don't get to the point of looking at the ripple technology outside of their token because their token is an outright scam so so it's irrelevant what else they do like it doesn't matter if uh if Bernie Madoff had like 5% of the money 
that he was doing amazing things and revolutionizing the financial industry when 95% of his fund is an outright Ponzi scheme. So I don't want to talk about that 5%. Uh, I want to talk about the fact that the Ripple token is an outright scam. Uh, I don't even get to the other stuff. Okay, contrarian to the grumpy tone really quickly, but um, yeah, but their tech, you know, I wonder again, um, to your point, Jimmy, there's a lot of issues with uh, everything that's going on. However, they have so much money, so many resources backing them, to your point, tone, but uh, maybe they can utilize these screw ups and pivot and iterate accordingly. Um, and I think only time will tell. Um, Jimmy's laughing at me, so. <laughs> uh, well, I, I've seen a lot of companies with a lot of money. That doesn't mean anything. Uh, a lot of these ICOs also have a lot of money, and uh, they're supposedly motivated to go do it because they have a lot of money. That's it's actually the other way around. You're much more motivated when you have very little money and you're under a lot of time pressure to make something. So, yeah, um, yeah, I, I, I agree with Tone. Anyway, let's talk about this next story. Done. Uh, sure. Former Bitcoin-only exchange Ipbit gets New York regulatory approval to add four new crypto ac uh, assets, and they're actually also adding Stellar. I'm surprised and not surprised by this story. Oh, <laughs> yes, Stone? No, no, no. Jimmy's going to go first. I think he's more familiar with Ipbit. But like Stellar is like Ripple, only worse. Well, I like it. Anyway, uh, go ahead. Let, let, let Jimmy talk first. Jimmy, you've been evoked. Uh, yeah, so I, I mean, I used to work there, so I and I know all the all the people there, and uh, and they do have an NYDFS uh, license uh, for cryptocurrencies. Um, uh, I, am I surprised by this? Not really, because uh, you know exchanges make money. The more things that you list, am I disappointed? A little bit, a little bit. I have to say that I'm I'm, I'm a little bit disappointed. Uh, but I mean, like they're, they're trying to make money. They're trying to make a business and uh, exchanges make money whenever you list more stuff and provide uh, what the market demands and the market demands this stuff. Um, I'm not sure why Stellar's there. That's kind of a strange uh, one on there. I would have guessed something like Zcash would be more obvious. Uh, but, you know, remember that uh, trading is just one part. Custody is the other. I imagine they have a big customer that wants to uh, wants it to take custody of Stellar, and that may be why that's on that list. I'm not. I'm not really sure. Uh, but you know, the, it, it's uh, it's a way to make more money, and you can't blame exchanges for wanting. To make money. Yeah, Grumpus, Scrooge. Well, yeah. <laughs> while while I agree with Jimmy, uh, what I would say is that I. Uh, I would recommend that the SEC do a full investigation, and Jimmy is no longer there, do a full investigation on anyone that's anywhere near, you know, outside of low-level employees, like a full blanket audit on which employees are holding which currencies. Um, I think a lot of the choices of outright garbage being added to certain exchanges i have a feeling it has to do with the certain holdings of other people and while uh the crypto space will be notorious for this because like it's hard to prove who's holding what crypto but people are dumb so i'm sure there's text messages like again i'm fully uh I i'm i'm not really for blanket government surveillance but 
in cases of financial fraud, uh, no, well, that, it sounds like you are for government surveillance. I don't no, know. No, I'm not. I'm not. I mean, like, I wish the rules were better. Like, for example, if you have a warrant uh, to find out and, and look at, like, let's say, uh, like, like, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure the best way to do this, right? I'm not sure this. Uh, I mean, maybe it's better that this isn't done. But for example, if you are going through, let's say, uh, an, uh, a CTO's text messages uh, about whether he's, you know, told to a friend to, hey, uh, I hold a bunch of Stellar and uh, I'm buying more Stellar because we're adding it to our exchange. And then somewhere else in that text message, you know, he did something else that was kind of criminal, but completely unrelated to this specific thing. That part is inadmissible, right? So it's like, uh, so I don't know how it can be done, but like Stellar and Bcash, I mean, this bothers me. Uh, Itbit should know better. They've been around for a long time. I understand Ethereum, even though I think that's dangerous from a regulatory perspective. Yeah. Like, Litecoin is like the only one that actually makes sense because Monero could be tricky from a regulatory perspective as well if it's deemed to be too anonymous. But things like Stellar, things like, like uh, man, I don't know. This just... It, it really does. Well, Bitcoin Cash, it makes sense because they they had they had customers before, uh, you know, August first of last year, and you need to pay them all out right, anyway. Right, it's, fine, it's just fine, fine. no, no, fine. Yeah. Bitcoin Cash kind of makes sense. I can't believe I just called it that. Uh, <laughs> kind of makes sense, uh, but Stellar, I'm sorry, it, it doesn't. Uh, Stellar is just. Uh, Stellar is a fork of the Ripple scam in order for Jeb McCaleb to cash out his money because Ripple wouldn't let him. Uh, I mean, it, it, these things bother me to no end and they're starting to bother me more. Well, thank you. I see where you guys stand. Um, we'll, we'll definitely follow up. But yeah, they're the only ones to get that license right now. Which oh, is I, oh, I, I'm sorry. I did not know which stories we were talking about. Leah, you are killing me today with this. I just saw what the next screenshot was. Yes, I am. And also, they were sent to you about five hours ago. But thanks for blaming been, me on that one. <laughs> I've been traveling between countries, dealing with delays on everything. Jimmy and I have been watching soccer. It's equally as important. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yes, uh, prepare yourself, Don. So this is about EOS. Everybody and myself have been curious about what the heck is going on given all the publicity that they've been getting since when everybody, you know, they're, apparently their tokens were going to be frozen if they didn't switch it over, when the mainnet was supposed to launch on June 1st. What I've understood, which I do not know if this is correct or not, is that simply they need to reach 15% participation in electing their block producers. A bit confused on what that means, and then they can launch the mainnet. So the mainnet still hasn't been launched. And we have a, you know, also whale pandas, Twitter, um, but this is specifically on the EOS authority for their voting. Jimmy, can you explain what's going on with EOS right now? Yeah, so for, uh, the way EOS works is that they have a distributed proof of stake, or that's what they're calling it. But basically, it's 29 privileged nodes that decide on whether or not a block is valid. So you have kind of like a Senate or something like that that decides everything on EOS. Anyway, um, in order to elect those people, you need you need uh, you need to you need at least 15% quorum in order to 
elect them. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of people that own EOS don't care, so they're not voting at all. And they don't want to take the time to learn about uh, all the potential EOS block producers. Um, you know, just to give you an idea, like Bitfinex is running for a seat there. Uh, you know, a lot of different exchanges. Um, I'm hearing uh, uh, Brock Pierce is running for to become one of the block producers. It's apparently pretty profitable because if you're a block producer, you get to keep the fees essentially. And it's not a trivial amount or uh, there's some inflation in there as well or something like that. But you can, you can make a lot of money doing it. Um, at one point, somebody asked me if I would be interested. I was like, I don't know enough about EOS or what this means, um, and I'm not really interested. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's something very, uh, you know, it's the quirks of the system that Laramar designed. Uh, at one point, in order to uh, get Quorum, I think they, uh, people had to like register on Steemit, which is Larimer's last project uh, in order to identify themselves or something like that. Uh, anyway, it's at a point where uh, only about 9% or maybe, maybe it's a little more now, 10, 11, 12% are actually voting. And you need 15% to vote to have the first block, block producer. And from what I understand, the first block producer um, is actually like uh, has some sort of penalty or something like that. Not, I'm not sure I understand the details, uh, but, uh, but there's some speculation that people are not voting, um, instead waiting for somebody to become the first one. And then everybody else afterwards gets, uh, gets some sort of discount or they don't have to pay as much or something like that. Because apparently the memory requirements on being a block producer are pretty high. So you have to go and uh, spend a lot of money on equipment that, that you need to uh, have in order to be qualified. And just one follow-up as well. My understanding is that you have to understand command line and that's a little bit difficult in order to vote. And then and you also have to export your private keys to third parties, which you know I wouldn't I wouldn't want to do. I, I so is it do you think that it's just a bit too complicated as well? Well, it's not only too complicated, it's probably horribly insecure. Um, but this is EOS's governance model is that they have 29 people that get to decide on whatever and they're no, voted no, in. 21, 21, not, not 29. Dan Lauer, oh, okay. that's with the number 21. Oh, okay. So it might be 21, whatever it is. Um, and then they have backups to those people or whatever. I, I, I mean, I'm not interested in centralized currency. This is, a, uh, this is pretty centralized as far as I can tell. And Dan Larimar gets to decide like all of the rules in which block producers get uh, uh, voted in and stuff. So really, it's just one person. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't, I'm, I'm not, I don't, I don't see this project as going anywhere. That in, in any any sense of the world, word that's uh, interesting. Tone, we've talked about EOS. We know that you love oh. it so much. But what do you think about all this delay on the mainnet and what's going on? Well, well, the most obvious thing, like let's start with the obvious. So because they can't even get 15% of the people to you to like, the, uh, if you were ever to debate that EOS is not a security and actually has some kind of utility, the only way to win that argument against me is if 90 plus percent of all the EOS holders 
would actually utilize the only utility this token has, which is to launch the freaking application that it's supposed to actually work, right? So by not being able to do that, this tells me that at least uh, at, at, the, at the minimum, 89% of everyone who purchased the EOS token purchased it as a security for the sole purpose of profiting from the value at EOS, of EOS going up, which is the violation of the Howey test, making the EOS an automatic security. I can prove to you that 89% of the people bought it for only that person, in a, for only that reason. In addition to that, you have to assume that the majority of the 11% that have managed to stake their coins up to this point, um, I would say uh, out of that 11%, maybe half of them are actually smart enough to understand that, hey, I know that I'm holding a security and the only way the security actually becomes, you know, actually makes me money is if I stake the thing so the application becomes functional. So just because 11% of the people are actually staking their uh, tokens, it doesn't mean that those 11% of the, of the tokens are being used for utility. It means that perhaps some of these people have realized that the only way they can profit from this unlicensed, unregistered, illegal security is by actually staking the damn thing. Um, as far as the 21 uh, validators go, there's actually mining pools that are trying to be the validators, which kind of makes sense because it's just about printing your own money. That's what delegated proof of stake is. You're printing your own money perpetually with interest on top. Uh, I'm getting a lot of feedback here. Is that me or? Uh, You're good. It sounds good. To, yeah, it to sounds add fine. Um, Anyway, I mean, EOS is clearly garbage. It's another attempt. I mean, that Larimer has been trying to beat Ethereum forever. I mean, Ethereum uh, crushed his uh, second scam, which was BitShares. Uh, I steam it, the printing of your monopoly money to bribe people to, you know, write on the Steemit central database. Uh, that uh, he, had, he loved that project. I think he realized that was garbage and it's going to be garbage. And, uh, and this is his third attempt. And uh, I would say I would give Larimer nine more months. I think he's going to stick around a little bit longer. And in nine months, he's going to leave EOS and he's going to start a scam number five. I forgot what scam number one was, but whatever it was. It shares. Shoot, uh, it's my, right. okay, I, I'm going to go on mute, guys. My Airbnb is calling me. And um, uh, so go ahead, jump on the next topic. Uh, okay, just last one on this, right, Jimmy. Um, so if my understanding also is if activated bit Finex can vote equally weight for the top 30 block producers if, if they're not already part of it as already, which seems inappropriately uh, what some people were saying, like a popularity contest. And then secondly, I think they're sitting on AWS servers, right? So it just to your point, it just seems very unsecure and also just kind of a, a very silly way to go about this, I guess, just to cap us off. You know, any any final thoughts before we go to your weather report? No, that, I mean that's right. I, I, it's uh, I I don't understand why people are so excited about these giant centralized systems where you have to go with the whims of whoever is in charge. Um, I, if you want that, just go with. Uh, I mean, like go buy some Disney dollars or you know. Um, 
the latest collectible card game or something like that. There's there's lots of ways in which you can gamble that way. I, it doesn't really make sense to me. <laughs> all right. Well, tones tones off. Still on tone. Do you want one last thought before we hit weather report? No, no, no. We're good. Good. No, I, I know. I mean, we're good. We're good. Jimmy, all right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, we are looking at uh, some pretty. Oh, crap. Crap. I just dropped my phone. Uh, we are looking at uh, what it looks like when blocks are, uh, you know, clearing really fast. Uh, you could probably get in for one or two Satoshi per byte. Uh, the giant clearing happened yesterday. Um, you know, right, uh, you know it, it did go up to like 50 or 60, but we're, we're okay now. You can get in for one or two. Uh, if you need a next block, I would do five or six. You're, you're good. It's, uh, you can see in the last 24 hours, things have uh, calmed down significantly. Thanks, Jimmy. And Tone, TA? Um, sure. Let me do let me do screen share. Yeah, I should be able to pull it up today. Okay, here's the weekly chart. I did a little bit of this uh, earlier uh, in the day today. My video got cut out. Uh, nothing has changed really from uh, from this morning when I did the video from the airport in Dublin, and uh, we are at 6,500. We're pulling up from 6,100. And uh, uh, hold on a second, I have to. Uh, I'm working with one monitor here. Everything's a lot more complicated. Uh, we're breaking down from the triangle, but like I explained this morning, it took a long way to get to the bottom of the triangle. So it's very difficult to actually break down and continue going down. Uh, it's a bit of a tricky situation right now to trade. Uh, your trades should have been done a few days ago. Uh, this is the daily chart. Uh, the short trades should have been done uh, a couple of days ago, like three or four days ago. Right now, it's a little bit tricky. Your daily chart can easily pull back up uh, to 7,000 before we go lower. Your 12-hour chart can pull back up to 6,750 before it goes lower. And um, your four-hour chart looked like it has ran its course uh, but you are on a green five and it's not going to take much to get you to a green nine. So I think the four hour chart will stay below 6,700, uh, and probably, uh, go down some more from here. And the one hour chart was really looking like it was ready to go down, but it has pulled back up. So like I said this morning, uh, this is a fairly uh, tricky trading environment right now. I would wait uh, because you have very high risk on both sides. If you go short here, um, you, uh, you could get caught on uh, basically the prices have already fallen too much too fast. So if you go short, right, in, 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 like today or tomorrow, uh, and I said this this morning, uh, you are at risk of a significant dead cat bounce that can take a huge chunk out of your capital. And if you go long, uh, knowing full well that it's only a dead cat bounce, uh, you could get caught because the overall environment is, uh, is bearish. On the other hand, if this dead cat bounce 
gets some significant volume, it could turn into something a little bit more. So you are dealing with a very high probability of a bull trap, uh, sorry, a bear trap on a weekly chart. Uh, and like I said, this week was going to be tricky and I expected this week to be fairly flat. You still have uh, three days in this week. And I, and I would not be surprised at all if by the end of the week, we are in the vicinity of 7,000 and we pulled back from the lows. Uh, so it's, it's just a very tricky week. Uh, be very, very careful uh, trading this week uh, specifically. Thanks, Tone. And there was also, while we were talking, a CNBC article that just came out. I don't know if you saw me send it to you. Um, but just really quickly, that Hinman specifically said that Bitcoin is not a security because it's decentralized and there is no central party whose efforts are a key. Uh, in addition, Ether is also not a security because the Ethereum network is also decentralized. So that, that, is, that, a, that is a huge error on the side of the SEC. And uh, again, like it, it, that, that if the S and who said that from the SEC? Hinman. So he's the head of the division of corporate finance at the SEC. Uh, I think he should be fired. Uh, he, sh he should be fired uh, because that is wrong. Ethereum is a security. And maybe someone should send him the video that me and Jason Cyber did uh, about a year and a half ago now. And maybe uh, he should, like someone should teach him what a security is. If he's gonna be working for the SEC. Ethereum is a security. That it, it, I, I think you have to be a complete idiot to, uh, to argue against that. You guys will have fun and, and, tomorrow. Or, or, or the fact that Ethereum is decentralized. I think Jimmy will argue from a technological perspective why Ethereum is not decentralized, and uh, I will happily argue from a financial uh, perspective why Ethereum is a security. And we're happy to get you some very qualified lawyers that will explain to you why Ethereum is a gross violation of the Howey test, uh, which Jason Seibert explained very well on a one hour long video, uh, two hour long video and uh, crypto scam Ethereum over a year and a half ago. So uh, yeah, my day isn't getting any better. This is very, very frustrating. Well, it sounds like maybe you guys are going to come to Washington next. But anyways. I don't want to go there. That's like a cesspool. That's like the worst place ever. No, I have no comment. I love my hometown. But yeah. Uh, okay. With that said, guys, have a great day. Everybody, thanks for watching. Tone, I hope it goes well. At least get a beer. Uh, and enjoy the World Cup. There's no, no, bit. no. That's not gonna go. I'm not allowed to drink beer because I'm on a paleo diet. So that's so that's another. So that's tequila. Have some tequila. 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 tequila there. It's definitely past 5 p.m. there. All right, guys. I gotta go check into my Airbnb for real this time. And uh, thank you so much for watching. Uh, hopefully, uh, I will be in a better mood uh, tomorrow. Uh, but who knows? I this, won't be here. Bye, guys. I'm, I'm going to rant on Ethereum tomorrow. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll be back in Austin by tomorrow. So that'll be interesting because I'll have just flown uh, red eye. But yeah, we'll see. Uh, anyway, uh, this song is done. Tone. Bye, guys. Good luck trading out there, especially uh, the rest of this week.
it's going to be very, very choppy. Bye, everybody. Bye, guys.